Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In this episode, Alan and I talk about the detriment of stress and other lifestyle factors that may be holding you back from reaching your fitness and wellness goals. We take a bird's eye view of everything going on in your life and do a deep dive into mental health and wellness. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, I am chatting with my good friend, Allie Dameron. She's a hormone health specialist and a licensed acupuncturist, and she's actually local to me in Denver, although, Allie, we've never met in person. I know. I, know. I feel like I know you really well, but I yeah. Know. But as entrepreneurs, I feel like we're, we're so, I hate to say the word busy, but we can catch up on Zoom. We don't have to go meet for coffee, right? I know. Totally. <laughs> That's the sad part of kind of my life right now. I'm like, oh, let's just do a Zoom call. I can still stay in my pajamas. And- oh my gosh. hundred percent. I get that all the time. Like, can we just Zoom? So much more convenient. So Allie, you and I have known each other, I want to say for three years now. Yeah. Because we started working with the same business coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. And did, how long have you had your, your business? So I have a practice in Greenwood Village here, and that has been, I've had my own business for about seven years now, mm-hmm. um, but my online portion started about three years ago. Why did you start to move your business online? Um, there was a few different reasons. So number one, I wanted to get my message out to more than just one-on-one people. Um, I thought that more women needed to hear it. I really wanted to start a podcast. Um, so I could share a larger audience. Um, and you know, a few selfish reasons actually. So I wanted more time freedom, Mm -hmm. which is, I, this is kind of beside the point, but not really getting that, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Still great. Um, but yeah, I wanted to, you know, be able to take a vacation without having to worry about my patients and things like that. And I wanted to be with my kids a little bit more and things like that too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not quite been the exact same thing as I thought in my mind when I started, but it's been wonderful. Like it's my favorite part. Yeah. You know, I was talking with a fellow coach, um, Colby on the podcast earlier, and it's like this oxymoron yeah. of being an online entity. You do it for the freedom, except you can't get away from it. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. you have to, you have to set the boundaries. Yep. I'm not saying I'm good at that. I, what's your take? How do you, how, what are your boundaries like when it comes to turning off work? You know, it's been, so I have two little boys and they've grown in ages mm-hmm. um, since I've done this. So when I first started, they were both kind of more at home. They weren't in school yet. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely more of a struggle. Now my oldest is in first grade. And my youngest goes to like daycare now, uh, four days a week. So I really try to do a lot of work while they are gone, which is awesome. Helpful. Um, I think one of the most stressful parts of being an online entrepreneur was trying to work when my kids were around. Like that made me feel really, really stressed all the time, like trying to meet their needs. And 
you know, my business's needs and clients needs and things like that. So I've tried to kind of, you know, as the years have gone on, they've gone to more school and things like that. So that's helped. Um, I try not to work on the weekends as much. My mom takes my kids on Sunday mornings. They go hang out at grandma's. And so I do work behind the scenes because I see a lot of patients during the week. So I don't have time to do a lot of the back end stuff. So that's my kind of my back end day. I'm hoping eventually I'm not working for half a day on Sunday, but it is right now. And actually I, I kind of think it's peaceful and I kind of like it. So I'm yeah. fine with it. Well, and I too, today we're not necessarily talking about entrepreneurship, but I do believe that there is a time and a place. And sometimes we're still in the beginning stages of our business. You know, we're not 10 years in. So we're at that point where now's the time to like buckle down. I know it's going to pay off. Yeah, no, that's what I, that's what I tell myself. Like the freedom will come. I look at people who've been doing it for 10 years. And I'm like, okay, put in the time. We can do this. Yep. So the real reason I wanted to chat with Allie today is, because she is such a resource. I, I recommend you to so many women because, you know, as you guys all know, who are listening, I have my program, which is lift to get lean and it's about macros and, and fat loss. It's actually about so much more, but, um, if, if you're not finding the results that you want, there's a couple things that could be going on. One of them is hormonal and the other one is stress. And of course those two can be related and Ellie helps you get to the bottom of those issues. So Ellie, let's say I send a gal your way. What, what are the common things that you see women being weight, resistant, weight loss resistant for? Or just what are the big issues you always see? So a few different things. Number one, like obviously the obvious culprit is thyroid. Like we need to make sure that the thyroid's functioning right. Um, due to stress and, uh, you know, a few other lifestyle factors, the thyroid can become a little bit more hypothyroid, meaning that it's not functioning quite as well. So, you know, if I talk to women, stubborn weight loss is not the only thyroid dysfunction or symptom of thyroid dysfunction. As we like to think, like if we're not losing weight as fast as we want, we're like, Oh, my thyroid's messed up. Right. So I ask women, I'm like, okay, well, are you experiencing hair loss, cold hands and feet, constipation, uh, dry hair, skin, and nails. Like there's a few other things that we got to look at and kind of put the pattern together. Um, and if I think that there's a thyroid thing, I'll say, okay, let's get your thyroid checked. Let's look and see what the numbers are. And then we treat that. So that's, that's the common one. Um, other than that, you know, I always look at three hormones first in women by asking them a series of questions. And that would be cortisol, which is a stress hormone, insulin, which is related to blood sugar, and then adrenaline, which is also kind of a stress response, an acute stress response. Um, and I see commonly that blood sugar is an actual issue. Um, so people not balancing their blood sugar, right? Because blood sugar, yeah, insulin's a fat storing hormone. Um, so if insulin is high consistently throughout the day, you're going to have a hard time burning fat. I see. So there's little tweaks that you can make in your diet. And I know, you know, and the thing is a lot of like, like your plan teaches blood sugar balance, even if you don't necessarily even like talk about it mm -hmm. by eating enough protein, by eating balanced meals, you're balancing your blood sugar. Okay. When you don't have balanced blood sugar, you're usually not eating enough protein. You're usually eating, you know, too many carbohydrates without protein being paired with it or fat. Mm -hmm. um, and your blood sugar is just riding a roller coaster all day and it's storing fat and you're feeling energy highs and lows. Okay. You could feel, you know, some anxiety in there or 
mood swings, things like that. So there are other signs of that too, but I also always look at blood sugar, make sure that's balanced. After that, we start to look at, you know, is your estrogen really high? Are you gaining weight in your like butt, hips, and thighs? Are you having really heavy, crampy, clotty periods? Are you noticing like breast tenderness and bloating and headaches and those types of things? Mm-hmm. Um, that usually puts together that pattern. So it's not that like stuff, like with stubborn weight loss, you kind of got to look at all the other symptoms. Mm-hmm. You got to ask people what their lifestyle is. Like, are they sleeping enough? Are they relaxed enough? You got to be in a state of relaxation, at least sometimes to lose a little weight. At least sometimes people. <laughs> like, you know, this is actually a huge focus of mine. The more I read about it, what, what do you think would happen, Allie, if all of a sudden everybody started to get enough sleep? Yeah. I mean, gosh, it would be amazing. Would you run out of customers? Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, gosh, the list goes on and on. When you don't sleep, your body doesn't detox. Your stress hormones are out of whack. Your blood sugar is actually out of whack. You need to get sleep and you need to sleep from like one to 3am at least, Mm -hmm. um, solidly so that your body does all these like deep cleaning functions that we're supposed to do at night when we're supposed to be sleeping. And I see, I mean, it just throws off everything if you're not sleeping. Absolutely. You know, I recently had a conversation with a woman and she was afraid to give up her evening glass of wine because she was afraid that she would not be able to sleep. And I'm like, that's a major red flag that we need to look at, not because of the alcohol, but are you relying on substances to get to sleep? And let's look at other lifestyle factors. Yeah. So what would you do in an instance like that? If I came to you like, Allie, I just can't go to sleep without a glass of wine at night. So there's, there's a lot of different things. And I think I talked about this actually on my own podcast today. A lot of people are like either doing sleep aids or wine or melatonin seems to be like a more natural approach now, but we can actually long before we sleep. Like for instance, if you're waking up with the sunlight, your brain detects the sun then it knows within 12 hours later to produce melatonin. So it quality sleep doesn't just start five minutes before bedtime. It starts all day uh-huh. It starts with getting in some fresh air. It starts with moving your body somewhat. It starts with looking at the sun. Don't stay in your cubicle all day and have computers blaring in your eyes that turns off your, your receptors for melatonin. Um, it raises cortisol. It tur- it starts with, I always talk about this with all my patients, the bedtime routine, where I think we're all going 100 miles a a minute or 100 miles an hour all day. We're getting the kids in bed. We're cleaning up the dishes. We're folding laundry. And we expect to be doing all of that, go lay in bed and expect to fall asleep within five minutes and sleep through the night. Mm -hmm. Your nervous system isn't ready for that. It doesn't know how to relax when you just give it five minutes. It needs two hours Mm -hmm. before bed, dimming the lights calming things down, shutting things off, mm-hmm. winding down, those types of things. And then you're setting yourself up for chemically, your brain's like, okay, it's nighttime. Let's produce more melatonin. Mm-hmm. Let's turn off the adrenaline and the cortisol. And chemically it helps. So I think we're, you know, you and I've talked about this, like we're getting really caught up in these, like, you know, kind of like micro things in our life of like these little tiny details and we're missing the big picture here. Like we can talk about what all of these things do chemically and how they all work, but really just have a good bedtime routine. Like wind yourself down. Your kids need to do that. We all know that with kids and we just expect to go to bed and fall asleep. And that's just not how we work. 
No, it's not how we work. And I'm going to talk about it one more time on this podcast. Have you read Brainwashed by David Perlmutter? No. Basically everything you just said. Really? It's yes. I'll have to read it. It's a big rock we have to focus on. I talk about it in my program and I, I know people don't take me seriously when I talk about sleep yeah. hygiene and their sleep routine. Yeah. But if you can't lose weight, if you're feeling draggy, tired all day long, you have to look at that. You know, anecdotally, Ali, since reading that book, and I keep hearing more and more about quality sleep, I've been working much harder to stay off my phone two hours before bed. I still watch TV, but I don't know if this is related. I've started to dream again. Interesting. Very interesting. I don't even remember like the last two years of my life having dreams, but in the last two weeks I have had dreams. Interesting. So I don't know if it's related, Yeah. but we'll see. Yeah. Well, I know. I mean, it's hard. We, we just live in a society where it's hard. Mm-hmm. We're addicted to our phone. I don't think anyone realized when we were creating all these electronics, like what the dopamine response would do, how it actually became really addictive. Mm-hmm. And I think we're now backpedaling and hopefully for our children, we'll get it right or a little bit yeah. better for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I mean, we talk about all the time in my free Facebook group, like, okay, let's turn off the phones. It, 30 minutes before bed even. So like we're not yes. laying there scrolling. Like Absolutely. It, two hours is ideal. It's fantastic. 90 minutes. But a lot of us lay there just numbing out to like the empty self-care of mm-hmm. scrolling Instagram or whatever. And that just, it's not helping the cause at all. No, it's doing quite the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting. One night I slipped up. I, I don't remember what it was, but I did happen to open up an app before I went to sleep. And there I was like, you've used the term wired and tired. I just could not fall asleep after looking at that light being stimulated one more time. Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh. Well, and this is really the thing that I did want Allie to talk about because she could talk to us about hormones all day long. We could do that deep dive and figure out what exactly is wrong just like I can prescribe macros for you all day long, but we're, we're missing the mark. There's a bigger issue at hand. Um, Would you say it boils down to, I mean, is it self-care? Is it stress? What's your take on it? You know, I've been thinking a lot about this. I think it's actually has to do with a lot of like our societal messaging. Like I think we are, how we're wired has a lot to do with how we were raised and how we were treated as kids. Mm -hmm. And we learn like at certain points in our life. And it even happens before even like seven years old, like perfectionism, people pleasing, shame, guilt. Like we learn these things that we have to be these types of people to survive as kids. And then we carry these patterns over into our life. And so the result is, you know, women who are perfectionists, for instance. And now I think even we're realizing that perfectionism is bad, that we don't want to be identified as perfectionists. Whereas even like when I started applying for jobs, like, you know, that question, what's like a bad attribute about you or like what, like, you know what I mean? Like, give me yes. something about yourself. And you're like, well, I'm a perfectionist. And that was like, well, actually that's in like your employer best benefit because I'm a perfectionist for you. Right. But not detriment, but it's great for you. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, And so I think we've started to like unpack like the multitasking, like there's a lot more people talking about slowing down, being present and all these things, this good vibes only stuff, which I think is good. But I also think we still haven't shed the light on perfectionism yet in that, like, like for instance, the good vibes only movement, it's not a bad thing, but then if you're feeling 
sad or worried or angry or something. You're like, I'm only supposed to be positive. I can't feel these things. And so you repress, you repress all the emotions. And you're like, I can only feel positive today. These other things are bad. And a lot of us are anger avoiders because we couldn't feel angry as kids. If we were angry, that was misbehaving, that was bad. And so I think all of these messages have just come from us as we've grown up, like this mind over matter, this no pain, no gain. Mm-hmm. Like I think that stuff, and I think we just push ourselves and push ourselves to the point that we put our head down and there's no like listening to our body. Like our bodies are screaming for us to pay attention and stop and feel and connect and be present. And we just don't, we've lost the ability to do it. We don't even know. Yeah. You know, Allie and I do tend to work with a very similar type of woman. And I always, to me, there's like two types of fitness people. There's those people that you have to like dangle a carrot in front of to get them to work out. Those are not the people that I work with. I'm the person that has to tell people to pump the brakes take a rest day. You don't have to do this. And, um, what I'm learning is very much what you just said, like this generation of women, we were the first to be told that we could do and be and have it all. And so we put that expectation on ourselves. I can be a doctor. I can be a mom. I can be what my husband needs me to be. And it's just too much. It's too much. It's too much. And yeah, absolutely. There's so much. And I, I always go back to this and I know people roll their eyes at me, but honestly, there's just so much repressed emotion going on and we're unwilling to feel these types of things because they're, they're scary. If we're angry about our situation, like that feels scary. That feels threatening. Your brain doesn't want to feel threatened. It produces stress hormones then. And then that's where we get into these hormonal imbalances. It doesn't want to feel sad. Like those are, that's biology. That's physically uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to feel those things. And so we just keep trudging forward and digging ourselves deeper and deeper and deeper. But these are the things like, it's not, it's not going to a functional medicine doctor and giving up dairy. That's not the answer. It might help. Yeah. But you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because my biggest thing now, I'm like, please go to therapy. Will you please go to therapy? There's nothing wrong with you, but I didn't know what those feelings were. Yeah. Because like you just described, I'm so good at reframing Mm -hmm. something into a positive thing. Mm -hmm. She's like, no, 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 no. Don't reframe. I want you to feel this. I was like, what? Yeah. And it's uncomfortable is all get out. It's foreign and it just feels terrible. Yes. But it's also amazing at the same time. Yeah. do you go to therapy? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> everybody go to therapy. I'm like on a mission to make sure everybody gets to therapy because mm-hmm. I know you, I know you haven't always, I know you've evolved. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to describe you now, but let's say, um, Allie 10 years ago, what yeah. was that like? I mean, I went through some traumas in my early or like late teens, early twenties. I had a lot of death going on in my life. I had never, processed anything hard before. I didn't know what, I didn't know how to do that. I didn't have anybody in my life telling me what to do for that. Mm -hmm. I went to college. I drank too much Mm -hmm. through that. I, you know, put, and I remember literally leaving home from high school and putting myself into this like place where I'm going to be perfect. Like I'm going to do this now. I'm going to get perfect grades. I'm going to have a perfect body and find a perfect boyfriend, have perfect friends. Like I literally told myself like, this is it. I'm going to evolve into this 
perfect woman that everyone's going to be so proud of and myself is going to be proud of. And, and I did that with myself for a long time until I just realized I actually got chronic back pain. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then I, you know, chased medical treatment and I was actually in an acupuncture school when I got it. So I did acupuncture, chiropractic. I went to surgery. I went to everyone and I was 25 and it would like get better and then it would get worse, but it was never gone. And I finally figured out that it was like, I Googled one time stress and back pain. This book came up called healing back pain, which was all about how repressed emotions, perfectionism, people pleasing type a people get these symptoms and it's back pain, but it can be ulcers. It can be IBS. It can be migraines. It can be anxiety and panic it can be all the symptoms that we're all dealing with. Wow. And I think that's something also that not like we're putting our head down and we'll do the work. We can do mind over matter, but we're ignoring those signals. Like you said, your body is literally screaming at you Mm -hmm. to change something. I don't know why we, well, I mean, we fight it because of everything we just talked about, because we think we have to be perfect and keep on going. I think too, like women in general, no one wants to be the angry woman Women, you know, we cry all the time. We are crazy. Mm-hmm. No one wants to be that. No. No one wants to be the emotional woman. And mm-hmm. so we try so, so hard to not be the emotional woman. You're right. Yeah. So we just keep on going and working hard. And it's like you said, and to show everyone, it's like we're, we're proving something to ourselves and to others, forgetting the fact. And I don't want to sound cliche here, but like, you don't yeah. have to do anything to be worthy of anything. Just totally. because you are the way you are, you are worthy of all the things. Yeah. So sad. And I just, I'm so glad that this conversation is like finally being brought to light. Yeah. I do think that we're saying it and we think it applies to other people, but like, we're like, but, but not me, <laughs> you know, like it you applies know. to literally every single one of us. Like we <laughs> all have stuff in our life that we need to feel that we yeah stopped or like situations that we're not using our voice in mm-hmm. that we're just putting up with the status quo. Cause we think we have to, there's all, all, every single one of us has a situation. Absolutely. And I think that's important to recognize <laughs> like no one, no one has it together. Yeah. I, I think that, that's been one of the best blessings of my job actually in my own views of like being a perfect woman and having it all together was realizing actually that people that came to me that I thought had it all together, that looked perfect postpartum, that had the nice cars and seemingly money and Mm -hmm. good body, like all that stuff that, you know, all the external stuff, like they were a mess falling apart. And it made me realize that in my life that a, I didn't need to chase those things that they weren't very validating mm-hmm. and B that everyone has issues, no matter how you look or how much money you have or your house or your car, or any of that stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, back to the, the phone and the social media, I know it's easy to think that I'm sure people would look at me and think, yeah. Oh, she's got it all together. She's got it figured out. And I'll just, you know, I like to remind you, I don't. I don't. And I don't want anyone to ever think that about me. Um, I will tell you though, I mean, I am doing the work and I'm really proud of that. Yeah. Um, And therapy is a big part of that. And just understanding, like you said, that's one of the biggest gifts of our job is having these conversations with people because it makes you so much more compassionate to others and to yourself, I would say. Mm -hmm. When you see someone being successful, 
what is it that they've done? Like successful in what way? In terms of them being able to come out of that old way of thinking to letting go of perfectionism. Like what, what are some hands-on tools or what have they done to shift gears? Yeah. So I think a lot of it has to do with unpacking your past. Honestly, a lot of it has to do with realizing where it came from. Mm-hmm. Like we don't just turn up to be perfectionists one day. I think some of us are maybe born a little more anxious, a little bit more type a wired in some regards, but it's nothing that you can't change. There's this idea called neuroplasticity that you can actually change your brain. You can change the way you think and your thoughts and all that stuff. Yes. Um, so I think a lot of it though is like, like if someone comes to me and talks about perfectionism, I'm like, okay, let's think about when was the first time you felt like a perfectionist or that you needed to be perfect mm-hmm. and like think back in your childhood, all that stuff to when that was and think about the emotions, like think about that little girl, think about the emotions that you felt like, did you feel like you had to be perfect to prove yourself, your worth, to be loved? What was it? Because that's usually what's carrying you forward still to this day. Mm-hmm. And so then we kind of unpack that a little bit. And I think journaling about that or talking to a therapist, those types of things about your past can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like cleansing your emotional basement, just like processing the stuff that's there. Mm-hmm. So it stops festering in you. Because honestly, like unresolved trauma and things like that, it does get stored in your body. Like it's stored in your subconscious. It affects your nervous system. It affects symptoms. So it does eventually come out. Um, So I think that's important. And then I think, you know, after you've kind of made peace with things in the past and you understand where, where you came from and you have compassion to that, then I think looking at the current day and how those patterns and trends are playing out currently because usually they're with your partner usually they're with your kids usually they're with your parents their co-workers with yourself like they're still happening mm-hmm. and so then I think you start to look at like your current patterns of maybe you're still scared to use your voice or maybe you still feel unworthy maybe you feel unlovable like those types of things um and so I think you know journaling and therapy really is such a huge help Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, feeling compassion toward yourself and actually loving yourself as cliche as that sounds and giving yourself permission to feel whatever you feel like all those things are really what, what end up happening. Yeah. If you, if you don't deal with it, well, have you listened to the podcast with Tim Ferriss and Brene Brown? No. I have oh to- my God. I'm going to send it to you. And yeah. you know, you talk about people who like, you might talk to a client or I might talk to a client and they'll say, I'm not ready to deal with that yet. I'm like, hello, you're dealing with it by avoiding it. That's how you're dealing with it now. And it is going to show up in your low back, in your migraines, in. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not a licensed psychotherapist. So if you feel like you want to deal with that with someone professional, if it was something really traumatic, mm-hmm. by all means, I think that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, if you don't, then you're pretty much having to accept these physical symptoms. Right. Oh, can I just tell you how excited I am that you just talked about neuroplasticity? <laughs> I think you and I are I'm, both big Joe Dispenza yeah, fans. Neuroplasticity. <laughs> I know. So yeah. this is how I pick my friends. Do you like Schitt's Creek? Yes. Okay. We're friends. Do you like Joe Dispenza? Okay. Yes. We are friends. So Ali and I are, in my mind, best of friends. <laughs> I mean, this idea of neuroplasticity and basically creating your own reality with your thoughts. I mean, it's so powerful. 
Yeah. It's so for those of you guys who don't know what it is, basically you have neural pathways in your brain, which is like your brain's wired a certain way. So like if, you know, X happens, then you respond in X way. Like, so if, you know, you're overwhelmed, you respond with anxiety, for instance, like that's just how your brain's wired. That's just the pathway that's there, but you can change that by rewiring your pathway to thinking different things. And at first it feels like you're taking a machete through a forest <laughs> to create them. Like it's so uncomfortable and you're like, oh my God, like I don't, I don't do this, right. but you just got to keep going. It's like practicing. It's like exercising a muscle you've never used before. You're literally creating, you can see it on MRIs. Mm-hmm. You're creating a new neural pathway. And eventually if you just keep practicing it, that'll be the new way. Yes. So like, uh, I use a tool of visualize your future best self and like start acting like that person, start thinking like that person. This is why that works. Mm-hmm. This is what you are doing. Well, mm-hmm. what would, um, you know, let's use weight loss as an example, just cause it's so easy. What would a version of you 50 pounds lighter, what decision would they make in that moment? Yeah. You just start acting like that person. You change the response, it changes yeah. the pathway. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. exactly. we, yes, we forget we forget how much control we have. We do forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was dealing with the low back pain stuff, like I had it and then it got to the point where it was just, it kept going and going and going. And I kept being like, which this is like a whole theory of medicine. It's called tension myositis syndrome, which is the point of it. But you become really scared of your symptoms. Like it's mm-hmm. one of those things where you're like, oh my God, is this ever going to go away? I can't run anymore. I can't deadlift anymore. This is really uncomfortable. You're constantly wanting reassurance, things like that. And eventually you have to just take the fear away from it. You have to stop buying into the fear of it. And once you do that, the pain goes away, mm-hmm. but it's really uncomfortable because you're just used to being scared of it. You're used to being scared of it. Yeah. And we, we like our, we like our old stories too. Don't you think? Yeah. We get a little. Yeah. You got to look. Yep. You have to look, yeah, there's this definitely this uh, philosophy called secondary gains to where, you know, if you're staying overweight and you keep self-sabotaging yourself, like you got to ask yourself, what is that affording you? Do you not have to show up in a certain way in life? Do you get to cop out in certain ways? Do you get to show up differently in your relationship? Do you mm-hmm. get to vi- be victimized? Like there's definitely the secondary gains thing happening in a lot of situations. And you've got to ask yourself, like, what is staying in this place affording me right now? And it's usually something. Exactly. Oh God, I love this. You, you wouldn't keep doing it if you weren't benefiting from it somehow. So like it's that secondary again. I've never heard it called that, but that makes, I love that terminology. Yeah. Wow. So before we wrap up, one other thing, we, we've talked about sleep and, and stress. Yeah. You've really brought up anxiety and I feel like, I thought I had escaped it. I'm be honest with you. I'll be like, I thought I was like, I would talk to my friends like, you guys, I don't want to, I don't want to let anyone know, but I think I, I don't have anxiety. And then boom, last yep. May, it like blew up in my face. And I was like, what's happening? So I'm able to notice now what, what leads up to that for me. And I can, you know, hopefully yep. nip it in the bud, but for you, Allie, and you know, I know you see women with anxiety, probably every single one of them, in addition to sleep, and some of the things we've talked about as well already, is there anything else you recommend to helping deal with this anxiety or just tips? Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of stuff actually for anxiety. So by nature, let me just define anxiety first. 
anxiety by nature is emotions that are trying to get out. Mm. Think about with your shit people. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. It's you get, you, you know, you feel anxiety, like you feel the heart palpitations, you feel like maybe lightheaded, you feel the stomach stuff, whatever. So you feel the biology of anxiety. You got to look right down beneath, underneath that level, like right underneath the surface. Like what's there? Are you angry? Are you sad? Are you frustrated? Are you feeling guilty or shame? There's emotions there that you are unwilling, or at least your brain, your subconscious thinks you're unwilling to deal with. And so it's these emotions that are fighting and trying to get out of you. Depression on the other hand is apathy toward them. Like you just, there's so many there. You just can't care anymore. Okay. Um, so that's the first thing. So I'm always like, okay, figuring out what's there. Like, I think journaling is a great tip. I think grounding outside, like walking outside in nature, getting some fresh air that will help for me. Recognizing anxiety for what it is, was the best thing. Like when you're anxious, there's this thought of like, oh my God, same thing with my back pain. It was the exact same thing. (laughs) Oh my God, what's wrong with me? This is uncomfortable. I want to calm down. Why is my nervous system doing this? Why can't these heart palpitations stop? Like, you know, is this going to last forever? What's wrong with me? Am I just the anxious person? All these thoughts go through your head and then you jump on this thought train and go down and further and further and further. And so again, taking the preoccupation and the fear away from anxiety and just realizing it and being like, okay, this is adrenaline going through my body right now. That's all it is. Oh, easy breezy. It's not going to, it's benign. It's not going to hurt me. It's yes, it's uncomfortable. And just realizing that you go live your life. Like the minute that you start accommodating any symptom, it becomes more debilitating. Um, So I think that is really just the biggest thing, just to realize that you're fine. It's just anxiety keep living. Yes, there's herbs and supplements and meditation and journaling and all those things that yes, help for sure. But at the root cause, it really is just emotions trying to get out. Another, another tick on the box for get yourself to therapy, right? Deal with it, feel it. I mean, for example, I'm going to be really vulnerable here. Every time I launch, I get anxiety. Oh, Like it just, and I try so hard beforehand to like get it together and like, you know, put things in place. so It won't be so stressful. And every time I just get anxiety and I'm like, okay. Well, and if I could just offer a piece, if you guys want to help me and Allie out, don't wait till the last minute to sign up for our programs. (laughs) We open them up several weeks in advance. And then we second guess our self-worth. Heart attack. (laughs) Why does nobody like my program? Nobody's going to sign up for my program. (sighs) And then they all come in at the last minute. Totally. It's always fine. (laughs) But yeah, I always get anxiety when I launch. That's good to know. You make, I feel really validated right now. (laughs) It's the nature of the beast, but you know what? It's because you care. Yeah. You know, so it's like you said, it's not necessarily a bad thing. We're just going to notice name and this is totally normal. I do think that it's helpful to identify what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Like if it's anxiety, just honestly look at yourself in the mirror even and be like, okay, this is anxiety or this mm-hmm. is anger or this is sadness. Just identifying it and telling it it's okay that it's there mm-hmm. makes it go down seven notches right away. Well, did you see the Mr. Rogers movie? No. Um, he has a great line in there and it goes right in line with along with this. He says, if you can mention it, you can manage it. And I find that really powerful. If we can mention what the issue at hand is here, is, is it fear? Is it yeah. whatever? 
we can, we can manage that. Oh, okay. I need to go take a nap. Oh, I'm hungry. I need to eat a snack. Oh, I'm sad. I need to call a friend. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Really, yeah. yeah. That's really powerful. Ellie. Do you have, I, I'm sure you have some self-talk. So when you get in that situation, what do you tell yourself? It's, you know, two days before you launch, you're anxious, whatever. What do you tell yourself? So if it's anxiety is usually fear, it's usually future-based fear. So generally I, th- I pull back the curtain on what it is. Cause I think a lot of it, you're like, I'm scared. What if, what if no one buys my program for instance? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, that's the scariest thing out there. You can't even look at that. You don't <laughs> want to like mention that that could possibly happen. You're like, you know what I mean? Like you're walling yourself off to that possibility. And so it just stays in there. So even in, um, everything is figure outable by Marie Forleo. Yes. She talks about fear in that book actually. And she does this too. You write down what the worst case scenario is mm-hmm. like, just pull back the curtain on everything that you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, sometimes giving yourself a timeout, get away from the kids and your husband <clears throat> so that you can actually get some solitude and regain your composure a little, like figure out what you're actually feeling. Mm-hmm pull back the curtain and write down your worst case scenario and then work through it. Like, what would that look like? What would you do? What would you think? How would you feel? And that takes away the, the allure, I think of, you know, Mm -hmm. feeling that way. Cause you're like, I I could figure this out. Absolutely. And I think too, I like to use that tool with my clients who are afraid to eat more. Yeah. What's, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if you start yeah. eating more? I mean, are you going to gain 100 pounds in a month? That's mm-hmm. not going to happen. And you can kind of realize that that's an irrational fear. Uh-huh. So let's, you know, give it, a, let's give it a try. Um, mm-hmm. Not that your feelings aren't valid, but yeah. let's explore that. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. Oh my gosh. I mean, gosh, Allie, we could talk about so many things. You are such a great resource, which is why I recommend everybody I know to you if I think that you can help them. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. I know. I love chatting with you. It's my favorite. Um, okay. What is the new program that you have coming out? It's called Heal Your Hormones program. Okay. Um, it's all about, it's about healing your hormones. Obviously it helps with, you know, low energy, energy crashes, mood swings, anxiety, painful, heavy periods, um, fertility, hot flashes, all the things that we deal with as hormones. But I deal with it in five pillars. Number one is like mindset, which is primarily like neuroplasticity stuff that we're dealing with today mm-hmm. um, and calming down your nervous system. If your nervous system's wound up, your hormones can't be balanced. Right. So I commonly see women who are eating right and exercising right and taking their supplements and yeah, they may get a few steps forward. And I was actually like this for a lot of years too, but then eventually they're just like, I'm still just not getting over this hump. And the hump is... This, this idea that we're talking about today. They haven't addressed it yet. Mm-hmm. Their body's still doing things to cause these symptoms. Their stress hormones are still off. Yes, there's herbs for it, but it's not going to help for the full hearted healing experience. And I think a lot of practitioners don't talk about that. Like they'll do the elimination diets and the, the testing and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. no one's really talking about that. You and know, so, yeah. Oh, this is why, this is why I send so many people your way. You guys, whether you're looking at a nutrition coach or a hormone person or an acupuncturist, you have to work with someone in my opinion who sees the bigger picture. Yeah. I mean, you, someone that can help you really take that bird's eye view of your life as a whole 
because that's, that's what it takes. Absolutely. When you go to a practitioner, you should literally be feeling like you're having like aha moments. Mm -hmm. Like it shouldn't be this. I, I see this a lot. People go to different practitioners or whatever. And they're like, Oh, I got to do all this stuff. I got to go to these appointments. I have to take these supplements. I have to eat this gross way of eating. Like Mm -hmm. it's going to be crappy. And I just, I clinically don't feel like that ever works. I just have never seen it full heartedly work like for the long term, maybe for short term, but it doesn't work for the long term because it's not addressing the issue. No. I mean, in fact, if you're miserable with your treatment plan, you're going to get treatment fatigue. You're going to throw it in the towel. You're going to throw off your stress hormones more. Like it just doesn't help. See, you and I are so in alignment and it's just like macros. The macros might get you where you want to go, but that's not the most important part of the picture. The, it's, yeah. we're so on the same page. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So I talk about like a little bit about nutrition. Um, I have a pillar on, you know, what food to eat for healthy hormones, what that looks like. Mm-hmm. We go through a few different like plans and things like that, go through exercise and what it actually means to like, listen to your body. Cause I feel like that too is just thrown around, like listen to your body while well, we don't know how anymore. <laughs> no. We don't even know what those things mean. Yeah, we don't know. So we go through what that looks like. I do give like supplement advice, things like that for things like heavy periods or anxiety, sleep, like it's in there, but. Oh, this is so, that's amazing. Now, should they visit your website, alliedameron.com? Um, the link is alliedameron.com forward slash register. Okay. And she's on the social. She has amazing free Facebook group. I think all of the members of my VIP are in that group. (laughs) And we're like, did you see what Allie said today? (laughs) Because Allie, you are such a valuable resource. I mean, if you're ever having a moment of you're like, what am I doing with my life? I need you. Okay. I need you. My ladies need you. That's awesome. Whoever put you here for a reason. And we need everything that you're giving us. Well, thank you. And you're going to be back because we didn't even get to talk about too much hit, not enough carbs, um, missed periods, all that. But that's, I wanted to stay more focused on mental health and mindset today. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Allie. I'll talk to you soon, my friends. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye.